0: what is good divine pill fam fam listen i'm excited it is six eleven in the morning i'm about to go for my walk i'm about to head out the door and um even though technically it is sunrise the sun hasn't quite come up yet won't come i won't be able to see for another maybe 45 minutes maybe another 30 minutes just go ahead and do some sun gazing and um go about my day super excited my energy's good um but you know i'm i'm confident with the podcast that i've put up and i'm happy with the two that i have put up regarding the blackmail um podcaster um the one that I am referring to in particular kind of represents an, a certain archetype of um, Black male um, content producer, um, and but, I, but in the second one, I talk about the contrast, right, the Black and white, and um, I'm going to be talking more about things in terms of chess, so it can seem a little bit coded. Um, but I've given you the contrast I've given you, you know, the shadow version of the content I used to listen to and why it's, it, it has the shadow elements. And I'm also, I've also highlighted a little bit, maybe not as much as I could or should, um, the, the white square of what's going on behind the scenes with, with the black male content creators. Um, and so, I will say that that the thing that um, I'm thinking about is with my fascination for chess and understanding the role of the Black Queen on the board. And one of the first plays, the first play that I learned was the capture of the Black Queen, the Tennyson Gambit. And it's predicated on the premises that white goes first and they understand that the blacks do not, or it will not, pre- will not protect their black queen. And so she ends up getting captured in, in, a few felt swoop moves, right? And so I've been toying with the idea of what it means to protect the black queen, to show up as that, po- as that player. Um, and to promote you know the pawns as quickly as possible into power players and you know i've also been talking about the content at the end of the day that's coming out for the black community you know we have the high vibrational approach the low vibrational approach that being said you know one of the things i i learned when i was reading the science of getting rich um not that that uh how do you say it's not that many pages, <clears throat> but it gives you so many insights to life. And you start to understand that, you know, even, even with my quote unquote white man, Christians, um, religious upbringing, you start to understand that we need the good and the bad, you know? um, And so with that being said, I'm going to explore a little bit more about the inner me, right? The enemy of what's really at the crux of of why I'm agitated, I think, with that podcaster. But I want to highlight something. I want to go to the center of the board on this and be vocal on it because um, I am responding out of ego. And he may continue to do this out of ego, Um I want to get to the point where I'm no longer responding to things out of ego, but out of truth, right? And out of clarity and to win, <laughs> always to win. Um, But so um, we're talking about chess and one of the, the uh, I did a podcast on this, but one of the strategies, it's the one that's titled, I think, 35 strategies to win. At chess. I really enjoyed that video that he did. But um, for me to persuade and dominate in this topic, I need to come out front and center and um, be vocal and visible, Um, audible, audibly visible, or audibly, um, you know, in that space. So I started to think about You know, um, what's at the core of of this issue is the reason that the black male podcaster and or quite possibly, you know, other black male content creators who fit that archetype, because I I wanted to make sure I'm I'm addressing that there's two archetypes. um one that I'm considering low vibrational just because of the relationship to the black female to the black woman um and one that I'm identifying as high vi- Ooh, market's about to open um as high vibrational right so I want to make that distinction this is not a blanket statement it's very black and white there's One that I identify as lower vibrational and one that I am going to continue moving forward with that I consider to be high vibrational. But one of the things I noticed across the board with the low vibrational content creator, black male content creators is, is it possible, okay, that part of the reason that it's the women who are being targeted Um, even though it's women that in some instances are in the same camp as them, you know, I think that, um, there, there's another one of my, my content creators that I used to listen to. And again, it is, it just takes me back to that imagery where I was right there, right alongside with him and, Listening to the content, I was sitting Indian style on my bed, just kind of working on some other things, you know, and relaxed day, basically birds singing in the background. And then out of nowhere, he just did this job out of um, at Black women. And like I said, I, I consider myself to be pretty practical and logical, practical, pragmatic, But I I sat with what he said and it just, it didn't sit well with me because I felt it was unnecessary. And the thing is, I don't think that he fully understands that from his audience, he has, they all have women um, in their audience who share in their beliefs and their ideology that there is something wrong with white supremacy and that there are flaws that we need to address in the system and I want to make sure that I'm addressing to the system um versus people you might get some pushback on that from me but I'm gonna go ahead and get some clarity to why I am even going to say something like that the system but um and so you're you're taking jabs at me, man. You're taking jabs at me and I'm in your camp. I mean your village, like I'm there for you. And it's kind of funny because my whole thing too is kind of gonna just also highlight why I'm saying that the women need to just burn the boots. One of the phrases that is very common in the black community is keep the boots on their neck, gotta keep the boots on their neck, gotta get suited and booted, report for duty, da-da-da we're at war, but I, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, and, and I want to go for my walk, y'all, I'm like, a little bit weird, but, um, is, <clears throat> could it be that the reason that there's so many women that are taking the hits is because they're at the center of the board, they're at the center of the war, they're suited and they're booted, they're out in the front line, Right? So the easiest target, the softest target is going to be what's up out in the front and ahead of you. And so if you're on the sidelines, right, because I'm talking about chess strategy. And one of the first things they tell you is to be up front and center on the board, visible, right? But it, it takes a bold move. And <clears throat> if you're going to lose in the game of chess, right, you're going to be making plays along the sides of the... And I posted that video. Um, and I also posted the link and in in the first minute and eight seconds, if you want visual imagery of what it looks like, that's what I'm referring to. If you're going to be in the shadows on the sidelines, not in the middle, not vocal, um, and, you know, using the soft tactics, it's, it's not going to work. So what happens is the, the women, you know, unfortunately, and I, I get it. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with all of the, 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 especially the women that are out with some of the ideology, but this is a scenario where our Black queens have been captured. What have we done to protect the Black queen's thinking, her ideology, her mental map? Um, in a lot of ways, you know, like when I think about Simone Sanders, Honestly, I don't agree with her ideology. I, you know, one of my favorite pictures of her is when she was in high school and just so PYT. I remember I looked at it for so long and just so feminine with the pretty, you know, colors and the ruffles in the skirt and and she got captured and they turned her into this ugly thing that they dangle in front of us and but the more that they did, de- you know, fr- put her in her face and and rub it in our faces i can't be mad at her because they're paying her very well i remember watching an article <clears throat> about how much the girl is she's getting bank but what's stopping us from doing that and why didn't we protect her in the first place and i can't take shots at at simone and be like <clears throat> you need to represent black people more you're just a bootleg you're just a Miami you're just this and da what I already know my people we not finna pay her <laughs> we don't have in used um <clears throat> media stores to to um represent her and say you know what this is our our media come on here, we'll pay you to be a correspondent and to take all of the knowledge and all the things you've learned and all of the strategy. We're going to pay you to represent us and to fight for represent- We don't have the resources for me to, to, to try to get her back into my camp. All I can do is say that <clears throat> as a prisoner of war, she's getting treated better over there being captured than we could ever offer her in our camp, Right. And so going back to my point, my thing is, I think that a lot of these Black women who are on the front line, like the Joy Reads and the the other people, the Maxine Waters and the, oh gosh, I should know more of their names, right? <clears throat> they decided to take action, right? They went decided to go up front and center. They took the knowledge that they had around them. They used their intellect to advance, to make power moves. And we allowed them to be captured, okay? Whether we allowed them to, you know, we didn't have enough schools of thought to help them think to be more proactive um, in our community. That's our fault. That is our fault. That is our community's fault. We allowed her to get captured. And then on top of it, we don't have any other resources for her to, you know, when you look at the anti-Asian, law, um, anti-Asian, those, they have their money up. They didn't ne'er do one protest. Bank on bank on bank, the formula is there. They paid people to lobby for them. They did the studies, right? They were in people's pockets, but we don't, we're not there yet. So we can't be mad and taking jabs. And so, but the other thing that I want to keep circling back to is, is it possible that Because we have queens on the board, they're the targets, because why don't we have more men that we're able to take targets at? Is it one that they're not visible? And so they're still they're playing these, um, you know, pussy minded games where they're playing on the sidelines, just like the podcasters, you know, sitting on the sidelines and on the board in a position of power, but at the lowest power where they're not pushing for the economics and for the reparations and for change of the system. They're, t- they're doing the easy route. They're getting paid, you know, but just real simple. And I think that the, the women are front and center, they're vocal, they're making the power moves. It's bold. Right. Um, And Um, It's part of that think tank mentality that comes with with intellect, right? And so is it because there's not enough male people to take target practice at and say to hold them accountable? Or is it just that we're not holding any of the Black male people accountable? Because if you're telling me that we're not sending out males that can be in senate and be in congress and be governors and be you know congress people or or involved in politics the way that these other women are then that's a problem you don't get to send and then send the tell the woman to to suit up and boot up and then not support them or or close the line and be a bishop or a rook or a knight for them and offer a line of defense we don't get to do that it's not going to work right so i want us to get to the core of the issues i suspect you know i've been uh one of the studies i looked at was the universe 25 and it's the case study of you get to the point where you talk about who hurt you and how those things affect our biases and even how we engage with people in our own camp who are supposed to be on our side, right? But at the end of the day, once we sort that out, we should be able to have a united front, a homogenous front um, on on certain things that are going to allow us to dominate the board. Um, And so I say all of that to say that understanding, you know, I've I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it here because I imagine I have different um, people who listen to different podcasts. But one of the books that I read and and was a humbling moment, but I'm taking it for what it is because I want to document my growth. I want you to listen to this in a year from now and see the growth. But the book I read was um, one of the audio books I read this week is um how to have confidence and power in dealing with people by les giblin and on chapter 10 he talks about how when we're trying to persuade the other side or to use strategic tactics to get our point across part of the reason we get into these yelling matches and we start to you know i'm not gonna lie i got a little bit mean and nasty i said that this guy had the male parts and the testicles but not the you know, apparently not the balls to, to say that a woman had the stones, and I said that his voice was just as soft as feminine in his mind. So there, I bit his tail. And in the universe twenty-five law talks about you get to the point where everybody starts to bite everybody's tail. Everybody starts to attack the ego, and we lose sight of the bigger picture at hand. We start to lose the fact that at the end of the day, we really all want power economics. We all want power. We all want to dominate. We all want to win. And to win, I, you know, I will admit it. The point that I'm on right now, if I'm going to be transparent with you, the truth that I'm in right now is when I studied the Tennyson gambit and I saw that, you know, the, the black queen got captured, but I realized to win the game, I have to have the king on there. You can't have the king. You can't win without the king. Okay. And it's harder for the King to win without the Queen. But in most cases, you know, from, from what I've read and what I understand, I'm just going into like maybe the seventh day of my understanding of chess, never played it. Um, All I've heard is Black Queen, like literally, I've never delved into any of the ideology or the moves behind it. Right. But um understanding also that the majority of players once the queen is off the board the game kind of they they surrender at that point so we we're kind of have to figure out how to protect the queen and keep the king on the board right so there's gonna be egos you know one of the things with the with the um chessboard is i'm gonna be on my square and that means i'm gonna be on the white square Right, and I'm gonna have in some areas contrast to what the king next to me is gonna have in terms of his thoughts and his views. But we're still on the same side, and and we need to use that to our advantage. We're already at a disadvantage, you know. When you talk about the whites versus the blacks, and they get the upper hand and they get to go first and they get to dominate the board, but it's it's it always takes me back to that Tennyson gambit. One of the flaws. You know, I, I listed that podcast and you can listen to how he describes it. But if that doesn't describe the pathology of where we are right now as a collective between, you know, the quote unquote gender wars and biting each other's tails at this point is, um, you know, we don't, we are notorious for not protecting our, our Black queens. It's a global pathology across the board and it, it spills into all areas of our lives. I could share a story about, you know, when I think about the place that I used to work, there was one. No, 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 no. Actually, I'm so grateful. I might share it, but then I have to go for my walk in the market just opened. Um, okay. I'm so grateful and I'm learning, right? Because I want to make sure that I'm also contrasting both, but, um, my initial thought was reflecting on when I used to work at my other place of employment, there was one of few Black males that was in a position to hire me. And when I tell you he dragged me for everything and he not only did, I mean, it's one thing if you don't accept somebody's application, but he told the... um White lady in the HR office, and she took the pleasure of coming and telling me. I think it was a little bit of pleasure, um, but she was trying to help me at the same time. And she's like, "Well, he said that he wasn't going to take your application for this, that, and the third, and just the the dragging process." So I um, resubmitted my application. But when I tell you it was petty, uh, he said that the reason he didn't accept my application was because I didn't say that I was going that I wanted a position in accounting. I was in, um, in my, um, master's in business administration. No, no, that was my undergrad. That was in um, I was doing my undergrad in business administration with a concentration in marketing. So I was applying under the premises that I was in the business administration still. Um, it was a student position. And so, um, figured that at that point, if I needed to, I could transition. I had taken my accounting classes, um, at that point in finance, and it was in my curriculum, I had included that on my tran- my transcript in it. And again, it's a student position, right? But he said that he didn't take my app. So I fixed the application, and I um, said that um, I-, I corrected that one line. Kid you not, nothing else wrong with my application. And he didn't hire me. And the only time he acknowledged me was I had to, it took me years, I won't go into how many years, because I realized I've kind of said it in other podcasts, and it's gonna start to, you know, do the math and, and that type of thing. But it took me years to work my way up through that um, rank. I'm not going to play the victim and say that he owed me anything, but it was just the dragging. Like, my thing is, I don't think that another Black person owes me anything. I think that for me, I like the idea of paying it forward and um, aligning with with people that I see potential in. Um, not romantically, not at all. No, we're not dating for potential. But in terms of like young people, or people who are on a certain track, that's the same as mine. I believe in that type of thing. I've actually been intentional about hiring black people. And same thing, you know, you have the good ones and the ones who aren't. But it was the whole the way that he had to say those things to the to the the outside community that just left my tail bitten and raw and exposed a little bit but with that being said um, I do want to acknowledge and it's funny I don't want to (laughs) cry because these things matter right I remember when um, and and this is actually the gateway because I've talked a lot about how my first job on campus, I I um had a my first job was actually when I was in high school. I was a teacher's aide for a kindergarten person. And um, I'm grateful for that. It was it was a white woman too. And that's why when I say that I think we're gonna have to clean up the language on this addressing the system and it's not people because sometimes they're people who see our potential, you know. Um so I was with her for four years in high school but my first job as an adult and at the um university my first job as yeah as an adult was in the cafeteria and um and again it was two other white women one of one of the women she was kind of nobody liked her her name was Linda she passed away um but she loved me you guys i don't know what it was and so I used to work in the... It was Linda and Denise. Denise is retired now. Um, but they were these two blonde, blue... Blonde, um, blue-eyed women. One was short and, like, voluptuous. And the other one was tall and skinny. Um, Linda is the tall and skinny one. And I remember when I came into work... Um, Denise is the one that hired me for the job in the cafeteria. In the dish room, Right? And then Linda... Um, was one of the supervisors, and I remember when I came into office, she said um, she had this smile on her face, and people used to hate her, like all the students, all of the employees, and she, it got to a point where she would come and give me a hug, and she had a husky voice because she would smoke, <laughs> and she had all the wrinkles and everything, like, you know, that come with smoking. I think she had a hard life. I'm not even going to play you, like, it was very evident in her her appearance. And I remember I came into work, put my backpack down, I'm reporting for duty, and she's like, she had the smile on her face, and she's like, Denise and I decided we're going to train you to be a cashier. I'm going to show you how to do it. And that's when I got my promotion to cashier. And then um, during that time, I was looking to get into an office position. That was my freshman year. And so I actually want to remember and document this, but there was a a black guy, a black man that, um, um, he was around there. I don't remember how it was exactly. I want to think about this maybe when I'm on my walk, but somehow he hired me to become a telemarketer. He gave me flexible hours and he hired me and gave me as many hours as I wanted, um, but that's what gave me the quote unquote office experience that I needed in order to then go and work into an admissions office. And it was working the admissions office that that launched my career. And, you know, one of the, the basis for me to go into the administrative and executive assistant roles that I took on. Right. But it's, it's those, the contrast between how we choose to interact with each other and the contrast between, you know, there, there are going to be, you know, the negative experiences with my male counterparts, you know, and, and a little bit of the nastiness that goes with it. And, but there's also people have who have black men who have been the wing beneath my wings. I, my gosh, I feel like I love to write thank you notes. Um, and um, I think, yeah, but then again, maybe it's not that appropriate, if I'm going to be honest, because it's just, I I want to acknowledge and honor that. And um, I'm grateful for that positivity because those things matter, right? Those things matter. And I wanted to contrast both with you. But um, as I'm closing out here, I just wanted to think about that. It's the reason that most of these black women are being the hits, whether they are with us ideologically or they you know may not realize that there's more of us in your camp. Um, at that with that being said, I am not advocating at this time for divine feminines to get suited and booted I think that the men need to be out there they need to take the the forefront I think they need to exhibit the leadership I think they need to be front and center they need to have calls to action um and I think that the divine feminists need to focus more on the intellect getting our weight up and playing our position for the 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 queen and if we're not getting the protection we need to protect ourselves you know um And and that type of thing. Um, But yeah, I think that uh, I'm not even going to say that we need to have more black men out there so that we can shoot them down. I'm saying that we need to promote more of the pawns on our chessboard. We need to get them into position to to dominate the board. Right. So I hope that makes sense. Um, I don't know if you can hear the birds. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I am your baby oracle. I am your oracle in training. Some very interesting set strategies as we're heading into Friday and going to be exploring Athena, the god of war and um, and wisdom. And I have two stories that I want to share with you. I, I already started to do some research on her that I think are going to be good for both our divine feminines and divine masculines, right? Um, but just strategy of life overall. So I am your article. It has been my pleasure to share this message with you until the next podcast. Peace.